0: Race car spelled backwards is still race car. Welcome to the Race Car Spelled Backwards podcast. Hey, good afternoon. My name is Brad, and with me is my co host Jamie. And this is the Race Car Spelled Backwards podcast. Today, we are going to review Las Vegas Motor Speedway race over the weekend. Did you watch that race, Jamie? I did. I did. Occasionally, I saw the race. Most of the time, I
1: saw commercials.
0: I actually tuned into Fox to watch the commercials, and they kept screwing it up by showing a damn race. Like, come on, guys. Get it together. Can I just do a little rant about pre-race coverage? Pre-race rant. Well, Why not? Pre-podcast rant. You go right ahead. Floor is yours. I feel
1: like Fox
0: rags on us for being NASCAR fans. Like, that? we're
1: stupid. I don't know. Can, you see those two little mitts standing in the desert fighting,
0: Larson and Elliott? The uh, with, their, with their helmets on?
1: Yeah, what the hell, man?
0: They couldn't get real, real Kyle Larson and real Chase Elliott to fight because that would have been even better. Can't they huh? be a little more serious? I mean,
1: I just feel like they're making fun of us for being racing fans. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I will not watch the pre-race again. Just won't.
0: Yeah, I kind of gave up on Fox. Fox has a goofy approach to pre-race. So it's all about the goofy, like last weekend, for example, you had Reagan Smith going down the sliding board on pre-race. Like what, where does that come into interest to race fan? How many race fans turn on pre-race to see what kind of slide they have at Fontana? So yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a fan of Fox's pre-race. I think it's a little goofy and just out there, kind of. They try too hard almost. Yeah, it's not even funny. They try so hard
1: to be funny that it's not funny.
0: I'll be honest. Anyway, man, I had a I had a takeaway from the Fox broadcast coverage that's a positive. If you compare Friday, Saturday, and Sunday – the one thing Fox improved of over Friday and Saturday to Sunday was their microphones worked when they interviewed people. I don't know if you noticed during the truck and Xfinity race, but they would go to interview somebody pre-race, post-race, or during the race, hand them a microphone. The guy would say two words. It would mute out completely. (laughs) And then it would pick him back up at the end. And he's laughing because he said something funny and nobody has a clue what he said.
1: Yeah, that's what I want to hear. Driver's being funny. Well, that's that's rare. That's that's my rant. But, um, you know, I'm going to be positive. For how long? Five seconds? (laughs) I love Larry Mack. And they seem to be giving me more Larry Mack on the technical
0: part of the cars. You love Larry Mack because you are the same age? I mean... What is it about? No, he's older than me.
1: I was a kid when he
0: was (laughs) crew chief. I couldn't help it, man. You know who I like more than Larry Mack? Who? Janet Scott. Janet is a friend of mine on face or not Facebook. Golly. On Twitter. It's at Froggy16. She gave us a shout-out, man. She retweeted the show retweet and I
1: saw that. She's awesome, man. So I've,
0: in my opinion, she's higher up than Larry Mack.
1: Oh, well, yes, she is.
0: When, when's Larry Mack giving us a shout out? I don't know. No McNuggets to the Race Carl Spelled Backwards podcast yet. It's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you. Doesn't he know about your statisticals? I guess he's never seen my statisticals, and that's probably the problem. Or he's jealous of my statisticals could be either one. <laughs> let's 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 talk about this race that happened in between commercials Sunday. So, Alex Bowman won the race. What do you think? Oh god. Oh, you're one of those guys you don't like Bowman.
1: I do like Bowman. I hey, like I Egg like man. the I like the Hendrick's team. I like Chevy's. I like Bowman. I I've, you know, the last, well, 20 minutes up until the caution, that Truex and Bush fight was awesome, dude. That was just amazing. They were throwing left, throwing right. I mean, God dang. It was like a boxing match in the 60s. I, I never actually saw a boxing match in the 60s. I wasn't born yet, but you I've heard. Guy. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> Larry Mack told me. But that was... That's what, man. you know, they were, I mean, Kyle Busch's car wasn't as good. But, man, Kyle Busch knew how to break the air, go to the right part of the track to where Truex just couldn't. I mean, he caught him past passed him once, but, man.
0: Look, Kyle Busch did all that in a backup car, not even a real backup car. So It was so, someone else's,
1: wasn't it?
0: It wasn't even that. It was nobody's car. It was basically a parts car that they have been carting around with them on this whole West Coast swing. So the back window had Hamlin's name in it. So they literally just yanked parts off a car and threw it together. I think it says something like seven and a half hours from start to finish to, fin- to fix that car to get it race ready. So Kyle Bush goes out and, and basically a scrap car, Leads laps, runs strong, wreck, heck, Kyle Bush wrecked. Let's not forget Kyle Bush spun out. He, he rubbed the wall, too. Oh. Yeah. That's that's what I like about these cars though, is you can bounce off the wall. But I mean, think about it. Kyle Bush was in a scrap car made out of parts from all over the place. He goes out and leads 49 laps after starting in the back of the field. That says, one, it says a lot about Kyle Busch. Two, it says a lot about this new car. I really think NASCAR is definitely on the right track with the changes they made because you couldn't have done that in the old car.
1: No. I mean, and it's our first mile and a half. I'm excited for you and I to be there in person when we go to Atlanta. Yeah. I have not been. Yeah. And I haven't been excited about an Atlanta race. in I don't know. 20 years. Since they reconfigured it, whenever that was.
0: Yeah, I mean, I it was 96, 97. So, that was around the time I went to my first race. I went to, my first Atlanta race was the last year before they reconfigured it. And then they reconfigured the next year. So, that was when your statisticals first dropped. Exactly. Yeah, that was, I was roughly, <laughs> awesome. I was roughly between the ages of five and seven. We somewhere in there. So. <laughs> But overall, I thought it was a great race. Like the the it drivers, was a great race. The cars they don't seem to, you know, just it doesn't seem to be three guys running the whole show like it was last season or four guys. Now we've actually got a lot of parody going on in the top five. I mean, you got Ross Chastain; he led eighty-three laps. That's got to be a career record for Ross Chastain. And, and he still that,
1: finished third, too. I mean, you
0: know, he was I, there till I, mean, then. I heard an interview by Justin Marks, the team owner for Trackhouse earlier, and he was saying that he told Ross Chastain, it's okay if you need to slow it down three percent or four percent or five percent, whatever that might be to keep from wrecking the car. And Ross did that, and he finished he leads eighty nine laps or something like that eighty three laps total, I think, and then finishes third. By slowing it down. It's a risk versus reward. And I think that's something Ross is going to learn with experience as well. Which, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to win a race this year, I'm telling no, you. No doubt. I mean, if you look at the top ten, they're all kids. Except for, let's see, let's do a top ten rundown. we got Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, Kyle Busch. Kyle's a little
1: long he's in the tooth. Well,
0: uh, Amar- Amarillo, Rolo, he's Yeah, he, he finished sixth. And then, but, I mean, you think about it. You got Tyler Reddick, Martin Truex, Chase Elliott, and Christopher and Truex. Clark.
1: He's just a little younger than me. He's an old man.
0: So, basically, you got the, the retirement home of Joe Gibbs and the retirement home of Stuart Haas. That's Pretty it. Pretty much. I mean, yep. those Joe Gibbs and – Tony Stewart and those guys at Haas, they're just hanging on to the old folks. I mean, you got Grandpa Harvick finished 12th. Very unimpressive. He's going he's gonna to do something, man. This is two seasons in a row, and I just think he's losing it. He's losing his edge. I hate to say it for you, but he's losing <laughs> his <laughs> edge. But Well, I take Prevagen, and we're, we're, we're not
1: endorsed by Prevagen at all. But when I found myself lost in my bathroom with the lights on, I realized it was was time for me to make a change in my life, and I started taking Prevagen, and I
0: remembered how to flush the
1: toilet now. So So big shout out
0: to Prevagen. So you're saying that um, Harvick might want to give it a try?
1: Yeah, he ought to give it a try.
0: You might at least see the top ten. Maybe Harvick just goes ahead and retires. Moves into the TV booth, and we let I don't know who we're gonna move up from the Xfinity series because there's nobody not in the Stuart Haas umbrella at least. I mean you got Ryan Priest and Riley Herps.
1: Let's take Ben Rhodes and just leapfrog Xfinity. I love I love Rhodes. The fact do. Too.
0: We got it. The fact that Budweiser or not Budweiser, but Bud Light is not a sponsor of his they're missing the boat man
1: maybe they don't have a salesperson to go up to anheuser-busch and go hey look this guy's already endorsing
0: you why don't you throw a little money our way at least they put us." they should have went to him what are you talking about they should yeah, they should have been like hey we would like to you know sponsor you since we're your friend bud's your friend remember
1: Yep, they, I mean, somebody's dropped the ball. That car should have jumped in
0: once they realized it wasn't happening. How about Cody Ware finishing 26th one lap down? That's a vast improvement for Ware. And he are racing. He almost finished better than Bubba Wallace. How about Bubba Kirk uh, also. Well, you know, Kirk, 13th. Yeah, Kurt is just – Kurt's. he's very good in the – he's good in the booth broadcasting, and he's even better in a car. I mean, it's, Kurt's nowhere near retirement. I know he thinks he is, or some people might think he is, but what Kurt does in a car, very, very few drivers could do it.
1: No, he and his brother, they're willing, man. I mean, they are – like them or not, they're great race car drivers.
0: Speaking of great drivers, we had um, 12 cautions for a total of 60 laps. Saw a lot of cars spinning out. What is your opinion on why these cars spin out? Is it a, the cars are harder to drive or B the drivers need more time to learn how to drive them? I think it's a combination combination of both.
1: I think with the panels under the car, and they do it every race. Fox will show you the undercarriage of last year's car and the undercarriage of this year's car. I think aero is much more important now than it's ever been before. And I think just overcorrecting too much, turning the wheel just slightly too fast and this thing is going to it's going to lose a Traction on one of the tires, you're just gonna roll over.
0: Do you think it it possibly a um, a factor from the rack and pinion steering? No, I, I really don't. I think I know, it is like Dale you Jr. said well, Dell Jr. said you have to turn the wheel less to get more.
1: And know. that, well, that input, yes. I will agree with that because I think these guys are turning the wheel. As they would last year, they just need to get used to the car. I mean, look at look at Denny. I mean, I know he hasn't won a championship yet, neither have I. But um, this is sequential, and he he blew a shift. What he blow? I I saw him pushing them. Did he just blow the transmission, the transaxle, or did it blow the engine?
0: So from what I understand, he had no gears left. So whenever he screwed his shift up. The transaxle went out. And what do you do? Actually, go from
1: fifth to first?
0: I have no idea because I would think, I mean, if you're bumping that thing, you gotta go first, second, third, fourth, fifth, then you go five, four, three, two, one. So it's just up and down. There's no H pattern. Right. Anymore. I really don't know, but you got to remember also before Denny Hamlin had the transaxle issue, Denny. Had no power steering. Remember earlier in the race, his power steering pump went out. Yeah. His crew chief basically told him, <laughs> tough, suck it up, buttercup. Make it happen.
1: Well, Maybe, you know Denny those. Blew
0: the co- Maybe Denny blew the transmission up because he was tired of wheeling that car around the track. That
1: could be. You know, Joe Gibbs Racing spoils their drivers. They give them some of the best equipment. And have you noticed they whine the most?
0: God, Lord, and the he's, one he's thing,
1: for years. Truex doesn't seem to whine, but like I've said all along, he's a great driver with no personality.
0: Well, I think that's Truex's problem is it's not that he whines, it's he has no personality.
1: I mean, he's like a pancake laying in the frying pan.
0: Well, you, what it is, is you have two very loud outspoken drivers and Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. Then you have Truex, who doesn't say a lot. Good or bad. Bell's young.
1: He's just afraid to say anything.
0: Yeah. And then you got the little kid, which is basically how it's been since Kenseth has been gone. You know, remember they got rid of Kenseth and put in um, Eric Jones. Jones didn't really do a lot. You didn't see a, a lot out of him. They got rid of him and put Bell in which you didn't hear a lot from Eric Jones either
1: because do you think young. Do you think it's a case of the squeaky wheel gets the grease? So Bush freaking out all the time and Hamlin freaking out all the time. They're the ones that get all the attention
0: from the teams, the, I think, the team. I think the media gives more attention to Kyle and Denny because they're very outspoken. I do not think that any, I don't think either one of them, whether it be Kyle, Denny, Truex, or Christopher Bell, I don't think any of them get better equipment because there's no way you're going to convince me that DeWalt is paying all this sponsorship money into Christopher Bell and Gibbs is going, yeah, we're going to give 75% of the DeWalt money to Christopher. And the other twenty five, we're going to split up between Truex, Bush, and Hamlin. They are but all Truex ha- all has have primary won- sponsors that are huge. Truex has won just as many as
1: Bush and Hamlin. So shoot, he's got a championship. Hamlin, he just kind of peters out if it's time to
0: win a championship. Yeah, I mean, he just craps the bed. He just he can't close the deal. Maybe he needs to
1: see a sports psychologist like Kirk Bush did.
0: And Kyle Maybe. Bush. Because, yeah, I mean, what does Denny close the deal on? As far as I know, he's never been married. His girlfriend ran away. He ran her off.
1: Are you serious? I don't know married. anything
0: about his personal life. <laughs> his girlfriend ran off. I just remember <laughs> on, on, on Twitter, they made this big deal about it. Like, she came out and posted all these tweets about, Denny's gonna get what he deserves. The whole world's gonna know person he is, and I don't. He's got care. a
1: thirty-three
0: thousand square
1: foot house. Did she just run to another wing? She might still be living there. He doesn't know about it. He's been
0: he's been on the West Coast swing for four weeks. He has no clue who's living in his house. I mean, that dude's house
1: is so big. I can add up all the square feet of the houses on my street, and we, we're still smaller.
0: I mean, he's. Essentially living in a Walmart.
1: Does he know that um, Shell Oil is leasing the top floor for their CEO and their executive staff?
0: <laughs> Whose house do you think is bigger, Denny Hamlin or Michael Jordan? I would bet you, I don't know. I'd bet you it's Denny Hamlin. That's what I'm thinking too. 33,000.
1: That's insane, dude. I wouldn't know what to do. I get lost. I saw pictures of it. He's got one of his cars in a plexiglass box in his family room.
0: What the hell? I saw that recently too with somebody else. It was an Indy car, though. Oh, um, Tony Stewart. You know, Tony Stewart lives in the Bass Pro Shops in Indiana. Somewhere. Yeah, he's selling his
1: house for thirty million.
0: Yeah, but he has one. He has his Indy car, his championship car, in a glass case on the wall. With all his helmets around it,
1: which is kind of... Cool. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it. Well, he can afford help. I mean, you got to dust that thing every week, don't you? You don't want to be able to write your initials on the top of the box.
0: It's probably got a high efficiency air cleaner inside each case, keeping the dust out. Twenty five seer baby. No, we, we don't <laughs> promote top. that. We're gonna. If you're going to buy anything, buy a dykin Fit system. <laughs> or a Goodman. <laughs> or a Goodman. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of um, Denny Hamlin, what about Bubba Wallace and Eric Jones, the crash at the end? So let me just set the stage for you. Eric Jones gets loose, gets squirrely going down the front straightaway. He's on the apron. The whole right front side of the car is destroyed. NASCAR doesn't throw a caution. Why? Because he's out of the way. They've been doing it all season long. Fans on social media are kind of mad at NASCAR saying it's their fault. Bubba Wallace ends up getting into Eric Jones because that wheel's locked up. It shoots his car back up the track. (laughs) What the hell did Bubba do? Bubba did nothing wrong. He avoided a crash, he avoided a car and then hits the slipper half of half a lap, dude. Hell, he almost hit the pace car. He was within feet of hitting the pace car.
1: (laughs) So who had the loser bomb there?
0: Who had the loser bomb there? The pace car driver? All right, I give two LB awards on this one. So the first one goes to Eric Jones. I don't really know how what he could have done differently. Maybe lock the brakes up to stop the car instead of trying to save it my second one goes to the pace car because the pace car driver might want to make sure there's not cars sliding in his direction before he pulls out because he don't have a hans device
1: maybe he he needs a a spotter
0: no kidding i mean (laughs) You know, you like,
1: wait till they say clear. Door bumper clear.
0: <laughs> I mean, but at that point in the race, Brad Keselowski had already wrecked out. Maybe TJ should start spotting for the pace car after Brad wrecks every week. Because Brad's on a roll. He has wrecked every race so far this year. Maybe they should make a car, rule. First
1: car out of the race, their spotter is... Pace car spotter,
0: call it the (laughs) Keslowski award.
1: (laughs) Yeah, geez, man, he's taking the trophy from Wreck House.
0: I'm telling you, man, Ricky Stenhouse has stepped up his game, not so much yesterday. He has, yesterday, he, he had his moments yesterday, but wasn't what he was the week before. But he didn't wreck yesterday, and Brad has, Brad, literally. I mean, Ricky's done better than Brad all season. I mean, finished have... 21st, you know? Ricky did? Yeah. Man, I so wanted Ricky to win a stage. I really did. I wanted him to make
1: up with Danica.
0: I wanted to kiss at the end. He almost won a stage. I thought he was going to. I did, too, and I was going to get to hear Danica interview him. That was going to be – we still have one more week, so maybe coming to the next week we'll get there. What about – um? So when Bowman won, Kyle Busch goes over the radio and just <laughs> loses his crap. So Kyle Busch says the same effing guy who backs into every effing win that he's ever effing gets backs into another effing win.
1: I don't believe in luck. Right place, right time. You know what? <laughs> Kurt Kyle could have just done two two tires. And maybe exactly.
0: he would have gotten out first. Two laps to go. Greg Ives, who we all, we know as junior fans, we know Greg fairly well. He didn't. Him and Junior didn't really produce the wins that we wanted to see. But Greg Ives and Bowman, two last two seasons, this season and last season, have won five races. Kyle Busch, last season and this season, has won one race. Even with my Georgia math. That's four more races in the last two seasons that Bowman has won versus Kyle Busch. I'm not comparing their careers. I'm not saying that Kyle Busch is better or worse than Bowman. I think Kyle Busch is one of the greatest of all times. There's no doubt about that. His statisticals prove it. Any race you watch Kyle Mm -hmm. is usually a threat. But looking at the stats, the numbers for the last two seasons – Bowman's numbers are better. You can call it's him not an accident. You can call him a hack. You can call him lucky. You get lucky once, maybe twice. You don't get lucky five times at five different tracks. Bowman earned his ride when Dale Junior got hurt. He did. Gr- he did decent at Junior Motorsports when he raced there. He's won seven races for Rick.
1: Every car on. The track had the opportunity to either stay out with old tires or take two. Yeah, they so gambled I'm, and won the race. They did, mm-hmm. so and if I was, I was be
0: mad at anybody. It should be his own crew.
1: Yeah, I mean, why couldn't? Well, I've heard drivers when the you know the crew chief says four, 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 and they go no, no, right side only. I've heard a driver override the crew chief, and I've seen it work. Why can't Kyle Busch? He's always bitching. And, you know, he's a great driver, but he's always complaining. Why couldn't he? As he's come down pit road to say, right side, right side.
0: Or when they got done with the right side and dropped the jack, take it.
1: Yeah.
0: At the end of the day, the driver has all the power under his right foot and in his hands. Let's I have a feeling.
1: Him. Yep. I have a feeling at today's competition meeting. At Joe Gibbs Racing, Kyle Bush and Martin Truex and their crew chiefs are going to have a long discussion about what they should have done because that race was either Truex's or Bush's to win. Oh, no doubt. And they lost it. They lost it. And you know what? For whatever reason, Bowman kept Larson off his ass, and Bowman's crew chief. Made the right call. I mean, it's it's as we've seen with this car, it's as even as it's going to get. It's up to the pit crew, the crew chief, and the driver once they start that race.
0: Well, essentially, Bowman, you can't say he backed into this win. Bowman won stage one. He won the first stage. Bowman led 16 laps for three different times. So, Bowman... Didn't come out of nowhere. And essentially Bowman got two tires versus everyone else's four. I guess, um, what Kyle Larson got two tires with him as well. Mm -hmm. So they got their two tires, but Bowman drove his butt off for those last two laps. Bowman knew he was in lesser equipment. Well, lesser tires. He had two versus four. He knew that. And he knew if he lost the clean air, it was over. As soon as he got in dirty air, he was going to drop to the back. So for two laps, Bowman had to not only race the race of his life, he had to beat the most dominant driver of the last two seasons, Kyle. He had
1: the champion in his rear view monitor.
0: Really had the champion out his right side window. Because up until turn four, they were side by side. That's true. Overall, man, this car is awesome. I love the car. I love the challenge. You know, it's we've been stuck to the track for years like slot cars. Now you have a car that even the best drivers in the world have to work at to control. They spin out on a dime. They get loose. They overcorrect. They spin out. The car hits the wall. It looks like the hit's not, A, it's not as violent. B, it obviously doesn't do the type of damage as the old car. And C, it's easily repairable. I think NASCAR's batting a 1,000 here. Everything they've set out to do with this new car i think they've done it other than the commercials i give it an a plus yeah i'm gonna go with an a plus and a f on the commercials so you know me and my statisticals i did the commercial breakdown and luckily what what did you get i mean so luckily we raced that we race here twice a year And we were actually allowed in Nevada last year. So NBC had a race in 2021, and I compared it to Fox's. So Fox yesterday had 115 commercials compared to 99 by NBC last year. Hmm. Fox had 93 traditional commercials, which are non-split screen, versus 75 traditional commercials on NBC. Good night. Fox only had 22 side-by-side commercials four different times they used that side-by-side versus 24 with NBC five different times. So, yet again, Fox has failed. NBC still does a better job as far as showing fewer commercials. I like the broadcast team on NBC better. You know, this, the whole – this revolving broadcaster deal that we're doing, you know, we had Tony Stewart for two weeks. Then we had the great Matt Kenseth last weekend who, surprisingly enough, brings a lot to the show and fits very well with – Man, he was good. My, I would love to see Matt back. Like, I'm voting. Let's get Matt the brat back.
1: I am too. I mean, I don't know what it was, but there didn't seem to be – this is my own opinion, but much chemistry in the booth. And there was a lot of times where they just sat there and didn't say anything.
0: Yeah, Danica brought a lot of awkward silence. And I'm not going to bash Danica. I, She did the SRX race last year, which was horrible. She had no idea what she was talking about. And it was obvious. I mean, unfortunately. Then she come in the booth yesterday she did better in the Fox booth than she did in the SRX booth. I will say that. She has improved. But Clint Boyer having to explain to her why the cars had to keep moving after a flat tire so they didn't get stuck on the track like they have the three previous races before, I have a problem with that. Has she, has she not been watching this year?
1: Hey did not seem like she had watched any races this year. This was her first race yesterday in but my opinion.
0: We're not getting paid to make this podcast. And I put in the work. You put in the work. We make we make notes, we do our research. You know, we're we're watching the race, we're listening to the race on the radio, we're listening to sports radio during the week, we're reading websites. I mean, we're putting in the effort and we're not getting paid. I have a feeling Danica's getting paid to be in that booth.
1: You don't think maybe she just does it because she loves the sport?
0: Well, if she like loves the sport, you would know a little bit more about it.
1: I mean, I I don't know. I I don't know much about Indy, but I have a feeling you and I might know a little more about Indy racing. I don't, I don't know. know. She, she referenced Indy a lot yesterday. I know. When I was sometimes I would pull out my laptop or my iPad, and there'd be so many commercials. I'd watch a YouTube video, finish it, look up, and the ads were still going. Occasionally, they would go to her in the booth, and she'd be saying Indy, and I, I accidentally changed the channel. I thought I was on an Indy car race.
0: <laughs> I didn't really have a problem with her referencing Indy as much as she did. My bigger problem was the fact that it just seemed like. One, she didn't know what she was talking about, and honestly, she seemed a little condescending towards Clint, like like she was trying to trip him up. What does Clint care about Indy car racing? You know, Clint don't care. Clint knows after next week, he's still going to be in the booth where she probably won't be back for a while. I mean, Clint's just
1: a good old boy, Kansas dirt track racer who made it big. And you know what? I don't think he's forgotten his roots. Well, My opinion. But Clint I do like Clint.
0: I would really like to see Clint and Dell Jr. in the booth together once, but I don't know that Fox and NBC could ever come to an agreement to allow that to happen.
1: Well, aren't the rights to NASCAR up pretty soon?
0: Yeah, and I think um, rumor is ESPN is trying to get back in there, which oh, I'll say this. If you would have put Danica in the booth with Brad Doherty, Andy Petrie, those guys from ESPN, Dale Jarrett, I think because of Mike Joy's got the experience and the talent, don't get me wrong, but I think you have so much between Dale Jarrett, Brad Doherty, Andy Petrie, their experience and talent would be enough to carry Danica till she figured it out. You know, you don't have that so much with Mike and Clint. You know, Mike and Clint do fine together, but when you throw a third party in with them that doesn't know what they're doing as well as they do, those two guys, Mike and Clint, can't carry the broadcasts and her, where I think Dell Jarrett and those guys could. So maybe if ESPN gets the contract, they give her a shot on a Saturday or a Friday. Maybe try her at the truck's. Yeah. To you got Kurt Busch on the Truck Series. Phenomenal. Phenomenal he is. Excited. He is
1: great in front of the
0: camera. I used to. I couldn't stand Kurt Busch back in the day. I, I loved Kurt.
1: Well, I couldn't stand him, but I loved watching him. Him and his brother. I don't like him, personally, but. I'm going to miss them when they're not racing because they entertain the shit out of me, man. Well, actually, I like them personally. It's their attitude
0: on the track that has ticked me off sometimes. Just poor sportsmanship, but they don't like to lose. You know, it's That's a tough one. Would you rather have a driver who is okay with losing or would you rather have a driver who hated to lose? and was so mad about finishing second, they got pissed off and went out and won the next weekend.
1: Well, Brad, I used to be that way when I played sports in my younger days. I hated you if you beat me. just hated you. And I I would lash out, say bad words, four-letter words. No, not you. Occasionally, you know, (laughs) hit someone with a bat. Just, you know. So I appreciate their need to win. I've had that same winning to where you are, even as a grown-ass man, about to cry because you didn't win. So, I, like I said, I like them personally. They've pissed me off in the past, just treating their crew chief and their pit crew like shit. But when they're not racing, I'm going to miss them.
0: That's it. That's my ramp. I agree with that. I mean, I, I like him too. I, I really I enjoy I enjoy Kyle in anything he races. And that's kind of why the whole Xfinity deal where, you know, I'm I'm sorry I hurt too many people's feelings. I won't race the Xfinity car anymore. I don't really like that. I would rather see Kyle Bush out there on Saturday. I think he makes everybody out there better. I mean they can barely wouldn't you
1: it. as an Xfinity uh, driver want, or even a truck driver just if you won and Cal Bush is in the field, you're a badass.
0: Oh, like you just beat
1: Cal Bush.
0: Like Chandler Smith did on Friday night in Kyle <laughs> mm-hmm. Bush's truck. He outdrove Cal Bush. I would think that victory would mean more knowing I beat my boss and I beat probably the greatest of all time in the truck series. I beat that guy. So mm-hmm. that, to me, that win would mean more than if he beat Matt Benedetto.
1: <laughs> well, Matt, didn't he finish in the top
0: ten finally? Did he? I don't know. I, I, I really don't pay no attention to Matty D.
1: I feel bad that he had to get rid of his Lamborghini. Well, Poor at least yeah.
0: At least we got to see he that had one, right? We got to see that Lambo run in the twenty four hour race at least.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: At least, at least his car was on the in the race. <laughs> he might not have been in it. He had to auction it off, but
1: <laughs> Oh hey, man, they he, he he oversold himself when he went to Wood Brothers. Everybody said put him in some good equipment, he'll win.
0: Yeah. No. He didn't. Hey, what do you think about um this whole Ukraine thing? Not what do you think about the whole Ukraine thing, but what do you think about our NASCAR community stepping up to help the Ukrainians out? You got RCR, Richard Childress. Oh, that is amazing. rounds of ammo. That is amazing. Like, could you see you know Santa Childress showing up with a bag of ammo?
1: It's <laughs> and... so awesome.
0: I wonder if he took him a bottle of wine, like. Here, have some number three wine and a million Here's a hundred
1: thousand rounds. (laughs) Shoot them downrange. There's a Russian now. Well,
0: Well, you had had Rick Hendrick. He donated $200,000 before the race started, and then he donated $2,000 per lap led by one of his drivers. Before the show started, me and you put our fingers together and came up with 51 total laps they led. So that's a hundred and two thousand dollars for a total of three hundred and two thousand dollars that Rick Hendricks donated yesterday to Samaritan's Purse to help out the Ukrainians.
1: Well, I'm from a family that I did not serve, but everyone else did, and that's poo-poo on me. Uh, My dad and all his brothers served. Um. Damn, those Ukrainians are kicking ass. Oh, yeah. Can you yeah. imagine? And the Russians are coming in there, and they're just... I saw a video where these Russians went over, got out of their tank to have lunch, and a Ukrainian farmer, a tractor, hooked up a cable to their tank and drove off with it. <laughs> I mean, you know, props to the Ukrainians. No
0: and... They have pride in their country, and they're standing up to the Russians. And, you know, my thoughts and prayers, both of our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in Ukraine. And We're just praying for a quick resolve, and we're just praying for safety and protection for everybody there. And keep up the good work. Heck yeah. Keep fighting. You'll get (laughs) there. There's
1: the biggest LB bomb, loser bomb, Putin. Oh,
0: Putin is LB. What are you talking about?
1: And I mean after two days Of fighting Ukrainians And they didn't just disappear And throw up the white flag He must have crapped himself
0: Oh shit Putin's such a loser bomb That you could make him A manager at a major corporation That was successful And he'd run that corporation The division you put him over He'd run it into the ground It'd be the ultimate LB loser bomb
1: <laughs> oh, Yep yeah. I mean shit man We used to work for an LB. Loser bomb.
0: That's a fact, man.
1: (laughs) Now we work for (laughs) a We are going to Phoenix, man. Phoenix. A weird-shaped track where that white
0: line, you can pass everybody you want to. Nobody knows where the start-finish line is at Phoenix. It's in one of the turns. (laughs) I think if the guy that you want to
1: lose, wins it. You, no, no, you're wrong. You took your foot off before we crossed <laughs> the
0: finish line. I, but I got some Phoenix is a one-mile track. Yeah. I did look it up. It was opened in 19, 1964, not 1694, but 1964.
1: It is one mile. Well, as you know, I went to college for history, not NASCAR. I wish they had a degree in NASCAR.
0: But, Dude, but, I would have uh, so went to college for NASCAR. Oh,
1: I would have I would have been uh, a student if they had I NASCAR history, not a C I student. Sh-
0: I would have showed up to class. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I showed up to turn in papers and final exams. But anyway, NASCAR began racing at Phoenix International Raceway in 1978. However, it was not until 1988 when NASCAR's Premier Series, now the Cup Series, began racing at the track.
0: That had been the Winston Cup Series back then?
1: Oh, yeah, back when you could smoke and not get beaten to death. According I don't smoke, smoke, but you know what? If you want to, burn them, baby. Phoenix uh, International Raceway, when this was announced, they built a three-story building outside of Turn 1 to increase the grandstand capacity to 30,000. Wow. Which, I know, it doesn't seem that much to me. Back in the 80s. Well, the reason they had to do this is lightning struck the main grandstand and burned it down. When did this happen? Back in 1988. Wow. So, they got it done just before the November 6th race.
0: The first race was won by Alan Kuwicki. Was that his first race that he won? No, he won the first race at Phoenix, though. Was that the first time, though, that he did the Polish victory lap?
1: God dang, you beat me to it. Yeah. Man, shit. Hey, you and your statisticals, man. How do you get underwear to hold those statisticals? They're so freaking big.
0: Yeah, I get them from somebody smarter than me.
1: So, here are the top 10. I'm going to do 11. I'm sorry, because... My favorite driver came in 11th that day. Alan Kowicki was one, came in first. Terry Labonte, second. Davey Allison, third. Fourth was Bill Elliott. Fifth was Rusty Wallace. Sixth was Jeff Bodine. Seven, it looks like Bobby Hamlin, but it's not. It's Hamlin. Denny's illegitimate, Uncle. (laughs) Benny Parsons came in eighth. Phil Parsons came in ninth. Tenth was Sterling Marlin. And eleventh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. Driving a Chevy. The Uno Dos Trace. Quattro Cinco seis. The Intimidator. That's the start of a song, sorry. That's the, and start, the-, of,
0: that's the start of a um offspring song.
1: And the number one song in November 6 1988 when I was a wee lad I mean, I got my license that year no That no, no. was Learner's permit What? it was handled with care never heard of it in traveling with the wheelberries try no no that, no that's that's not traveling with the wheelberries it's the traveling wheelberries was the I don't know this sounds like an Irish clogging band I, I didn't like- google it or go to YouTube, so I'm not sure, but I can tell you that's like when a I, Nick
0: Jr. show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you when I was driving with my dad in the passenger seat, I had the radio turned up. I was listening to Poison Man, tell me nothing but a good time. How can I have you tell And That's me exactly nothing. what
0: Brett Michael sounds like. If you're wondering, <laughs> yeah, see, well, now he's doing, uh, I don't know, he's
1: on on channel. I've never watched the show. I've seen it clicking
0: through. Oh, yeah. That's that Brett Michaels been to rehab Love with my rehab lady. Yeah, and then he
1: had the thing screw me in the bus where like 10 women had to fight to screw him in the tour bus.
0: <laughs> but then he have, have uh, every rose
1: has one. a <laughs> <laughs> my wife would let me watch it.
0: She wouldn't let you watch people screwing in the bus or fighting in the bus to screw one dude who's going bald.
1: Well, you know, I'm going bald and at the conclusion of the series, each season, I would come into the bedroom and go, Hey, get over here. You won.
0: (laughs) She would go. No, I didn't. God dang it, you're watching that stupid ass show again. She didn't have to fight anybody, though. No, she didn't. And you don't have a tour
1: bus. (laughs) She was fighting me to get out of the bedroom.
0: Let me go. Let me go. Stick your head out this window and hush.
1: Well, if you're going to go to Phoenix for the race, I've got... Four different hotels you do not want to stay at unless you just need a place to take a shower. You know or we, if you wanna we, we, if you want to get that, bitten.
0: we say that every week. Only stay here if you need to take a shower. But well and
1: we got a hotel that was so disgusting that we exactly. decided we didn't even want to shower in it and went and got another one.
0: I would have went hey. to the car wash before I showered in the hotel <laughs> we were in. <laughs> So we'll just, least, yeah, we could you You may or may not be able to shower in these hotels. Yeah, that, you may that not. That would be the, at the very least, you could shower. But you're definitely well, not sleeping.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with the Econo Lodge, Phoenix North first. That sounds and nice. This is A. Dominguez. I only give a last name because he didn't give a first name, just an initial. So it could be there's probably hundreds of so A Dominguez's is or it Andrew. A
0: Dominguez, or is yeah, it, that's his first initial, or is he
1: well? I don't know. It just says A Dominguez. So it could just be one of many, the whole family. <laughs> but he says, first of all, he's critical of the response of the hotel, and I'll read that too. But he says, why does a kind of lodge respond to these comments like they're doing something about it? There are roaches in my room, burnt holes um, and dirty blankets, no towels, toilet doesn't flush. It's filthy here. There was a rat under my bed. (laughs) They need to condemn this place. I'm going to report you to the Econo Lodge. This is an unsafe place. It should not be still running. Maybe you should really do something about it. Room 215? Don't waste your money here.
0: Who found a dead rat? (laughs) Oh my
1: god, I would have hives for a month.
0: Holy roaches are bad. Burn holes from a crack pipe in a dirty blanket. That's bad. No towels to wash your meat stick. That's even bad. The toilet not flushing is bad, but a rat under the bed—that's like that beats all, man. Like that's. That's the worst of the worst.
1: So here's the owner's response. And as we know, when we got screwed with our first hotel, the Beach Ho Inn, that we were reading all the reviews before we got another room, this seems to be a common practice with hotel owners. And it's so general, it's bullshit. But here's the owner's reply. I am very sorry to hear that you experienced such an unusual circumstance and inconvenience during your most recent stay with us. We would like you to, <laughs> We would like you to know that yes, satisfaction is of extreme importance to us and your feedback has been forwarded to management. We truly thank you again for sharing your feedback and for
0: your valuable business. They appreciate your feedback so much. they leave a snack under your bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's to feed the
1: beds, I think and the cockroaches. Okay.
0: That's yeah, that's exactly. They don't want you to see the roaches, so they throw a dead rat under your bed before you check in. So the roaches will all go to the rat and you won't see them running around.
1: Or maybe the rat checked in, couldn't believe how shitty the room was, had a heart attack, and died under the bed.
0: Maybe the rat was smoking crack in the bed, burnt holes (laughs) in the blanket, crawled out of the burning bed, and died under it
1: after he broke the toilet.
0: Yeah. Well the toilet was broke because housekeeping tried to flush the rat. The rat wouldn't go down, so they threw it under the bed.
1: So then we have the Premier In Metro Center. I mean, this is called Premier Inn, so it must be good, right? That sounds like a horrible place. <laughs> Taylor Peters did this. Okay. Peters. Must be related to Reddick. Red Dick. Anyway. If I could give this place zero stars, I would. Do not stay here. I arrived at 1130 on a Friday night, checked in, no problems. Went up to our room, and I could not open the door fully. The door frame was coming off the door. (laughs) I did not want to damage it any further. So I go down and tell the front desk, and he says maintenance will come look. A security guard comes up to Look, and he busted the door wide open. The metal latch and screws from the frame came off. I went down to ask the front desk for a room change, and was told there was no other rooms available. Even though I walked past multiple rooms with wide open windows and open beds, we were basically told the only thing they could do is fix it. It was twelve at midnight, and I'm supposed to wait for a maintenance man to install a new door. Well, are you depending. kidding? At least the maintenance
0: yeah. man is a security guard.
1: <laughs> Nowhere in the area had open rooms, so we're screwed. We stayed in a friend's room and was just as terrifying as our room. When they checked in another family, stuff was in their room, and they took it out. The family then returned and tried to open the door at 2 a.m. On my way to the friend's room, I saw a guy fully kick another room's door open. <laughs>
0: That's how you get in. They don't have keys. <laughs> you have to kick in.
1: And now all I can hear is drilling bangs shouting as they fix the doors.
0: That's like that place in Vegas last week. It had like somebody got stabbed 13 times. Well, here they're getting stabbed with a screwdriver after they kicked <laughs> your door in.
1: What a dump.
0: Dude, that is horrible. I, I don't know what's worse. Finding a dead rat under my bed or having somebody kick my door open at two a.m. because they think I have their bags. <laughs> <laughs> I left my crack pipe in here. I thought Phoenix eat. was.
1: <laughs> I thought Phoenix was a nice area. Evidently, when I stayed in Phoenix to visit a friend, they lived in a nice neighborhood.
0: Have you never listened to um, Jimmy and James on Small Town Murder? The, I think both of them at one time were living in Phoenix. There's nothing nice about Phoenix they've ever had to say. (laughs) Well, I was outside of Phoenix.
1: My grandfather wintered in Scottsdale. So I'm sure if you're able to have a home just for winter, it's probably in a better neighborhood. Oh, yeah.
0: Your grandfather was not staying at the the condo lodge.
1: (laughs) No. Or
0: I'm going to do
1: one more. The Super 8 by Wyndham phoenix and this guy is hilarious his name is dave science cat that's what he put in his name dave Dave science Science cat Cat. so i guess he's a scientist or he's also a cat or those weird fluffy people that wear (laughs) costumes
0: i forget what they call them plush people. that cos cosplay or whatever oh yeah that's
1: it the cosplay my kids had to tell me what the hell that was but anyway, Dave like, science yeah. cat, he says, if you value both your loved ones and your own life, your personal property, your integrity, your sanity, and your overall peace of mind, and you hold on to even one tiny remaining vestible of human innocence, then quite literally, and diligently so, avoid this hotel for your entire existence. List this criminally, absurdly, debilitated, and ferociously unsafe as an occupied shithole among locations' designations. Carpet bomb to complete annihilation using only premium ordinances jet fresh from today's assembly line and this would be showing the people of this hotel mercy <laughs> Dave the science cat i had to practice this before the show because you know i have past two syllables i have issues
0: dude i bet you he wrote this review and management read it and go oh cool this guy gave us a good review <laughs>
1: Of course, every single one of these on Google is a one out of five. So,
0: stay at your own risk, guys. Stay at your own risk. Oh, yeah, be careful. If you're traveling to Phoenix this weekend, we just we ask you to be safe. Be careful. If you crawl in your bed and there's crack pipe burn marks in the blanket, whatever you do, don't look under the bed.
1: Yeah, and read reviews. Spend an extra twenty five bucks to stay alive. You'll notice a bunch of ones always are followed by these paid people that give them five fives. All
0: right, to I keep just the rating to, up. I just gotta say it, man. The other review you had for the Days in Wyndham, I just I can't not read this. It says the room was dirty, the attendant was lazy and unhelpful, and the breakfast, complimentary breakfast, was a ding dong and a granola. Oh drink. yeah. <laughs>
1: That sounds like the Beach Ho Inn yes, where
0: they gave you had juice bun. box and Pop-Tarts. <laughs> we have our complimentary breakfast. I'm going to split a Pop-Tart with you or a ding-dong and some yogurt and granola bars. <laughs> they didn't even give you a drink at the day's end in Phoenix. All you got was a ding-dong and a granola. You know how dry your mouth was?
1: And that's that makes it two windoms, dude. Two different windoms. So that's crazy. I thought
0: I thought Wyndham was
1: a decent hotel. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I need to I need to double check that
0: before we go to another race. That's for damn yeah. sure. Apparently in Phoenix it's not. <laughs> I would um I would definitely not be trying to stay at the any of those four hotels we just discussed. So which I guarantee you none of our drivers are staying there, so Speaking no, I guarantee drivers, that. Who's going first this week? You or me? Let's make our picks. Who went first last week? I don't even remember. I think I went first last week. So, before we make our picks, I do want to just kind of run over some statisticals here. So Go Kevin, with the
1: statisticals, dude?
0: Kevin Harvick has the most wins of any active driver with nine wins, 18 top fives, and 27 top tens. Kyle Bush has three wins, 12 top fives, and 23 top tens. Denny Hamlin has two wins, 16 top fives, and 20 top tens. And Joey Lagano has two wins, seven top fives, and 14 top tens. My man Chase Elliott has won once here, and he has an average finish of 11.1. Just throwing that out there because I'm a Chase Elliott fan. And he won that just <laughs> before he won the championship. Yeah, I do seem to remember that. I guess I'll go ahead and pick if unless you're ready. I mean, it's up to you. Boys. Go ahead. I
1: wanna you you do a better job of picking. I wanna see how close. Hold it. I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna hold on just a second. Hold on. You'll see. Are you writing your drivers down?
1: I oh, know. I'm going to text it to you, man. Oh, So you can see it. So that I'm not copying you. Remember, I copied you the first time.
0: That's yeah, all right. Stole some from you.
1: I know you You were going asshole. That asshole.
0: Yeah, I'm used to being copied when you're as good as me. It just happens. <laughs> well, when you mm-hmm. got low hanging
1: statisticals, what can you do, man?
0: Wake up every day and piss excellence. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, cool. excuse me.
1: Try not to use that word on the podcast.
0: Oh uh, you know. You... Frick yeah. Frick yeah.
1: Frick yeah. yeah. Did it leap my phone
0: yet? Did you get it? No, one with your internet, probably not. Says it's delivered. Oh. Yeah, I got it. All right. Hi, you you son- see where <laughs> I
1: scratched number two out and put in someone else
0: later today
1: while I was working? All right, go for it.
0: All right, so I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. He has one win at this track and an average finish of 9.4. And for my other top pick, I'm going to go with my boy Chase Elliott. As I said, he has an average finish of 11.1 and one win at this track. So let's make that clear. That's your number two pick, right? To win. Yeah, it's going to be one of those two. I mean, I still have my dark horses. If you want me to throw those out there, throw those out there. So for dark horses, I'm going to go with Eric Jones. He's got a lot of experience at this track, and he's been running fairly well. And I'm going to really go for a long shot here and go with Chase Briscoe. He's been it. He's raced this track twice before, but he's also run it. Four times in an Xfinity car, and in all four of those, he had a top 10. So that's going to be my dark horses Eric Jones and Chase Briscoe.
1: My number one to win, as you saw, Chase Elliott. Man, I don't know <laughs> if you've recognized this, but he, he's kind of my favorite driver right now. Um, number two, I'm going with Harvick. And number three, dark horse. That,
0: you sure Harvick's not your dark horse?
1: <laughs> well, he sure hasn't won much, has he? <laughs> the White just came in from the beach. Dogs are going to go ape shit. Who's your other dog? Number th- My, I got Suarez is a dark horse. Number three, and Joey Logano, my first,
0: fourth choice. Suarez has been <laughs> running good this season. I think he'll have a good one. And he drives with Shandy. Heck yeah! Either way, I think Phoenix is going to be a good race. So I'm kind of excited to see it. Now, the way these cars have been going, we're finally at what I would call short track. I'm excited. Yep. Well, maybe Janet Scott, or Froggy sixteen. Maybe she'll give us another retweet this week and help promote the show. Like I said, we like we said at the beginning of the show, we greatly appreciate all the support from anybody who listens and retweets us. We love you, Janet. We love you. We're going to start doing some giveaways on social media, so we do now have a Twitter account for the Race Car Spell Backwards podcast. It is at car, C-A-R, backwards. I'm not going to spell backwards. You'll have to figure that one out on your own. And we have our website, racecarbackwards.com. So don't forget to check those out and support us any way you can. Listen to the show, like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff.
1: Man, that sounds like a wrap,
0: doesn't it? Sounds like a wrap, man. It was fun. We'll do it again next week. Yeah, we will, man. See you Thanks guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Race Car Spelled Backwards.